evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and Stephanie Burke. And we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. I almost totally forgot how to t- start the show off on the radio, because we've not done that for the last few weeks because of the Red Sox. We've started on YouTube, where we can not care how professional we are and say whatever we want, but that's not the case tonight. So, just so you know, everybody knows, we're on the actual radio, so... Watch your mouth. And uh, we are here, as I mentioned, to talk about the paranormal. In a little while, we'll be joined by Ken DaCosta. For a bit, he's going to be telling us about the upcoming uh, 2017 Ocean State Paracon, which will be happening in two weeks, two weeks from today, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and Friday night, too. Now there's the Friday night party. No, they canceled that? That's because I couldn't make it. That's why. They're like, we can't have a VIP party without the most VIP of all. Right, right. No, I was actually going to try and make it. (laughs) I was making arrangements to leave work early, so uh, we should just have our own. Yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good with two drives to Rhode Island. I didn't say it had to be in Rhode Island. So, uh, well, hey, there'll be people around. Who knows what'll happen? Right. But uh, we will be there, and we'll talk with Ken about that coming up in just a few moments. Uh, we'll get the whole scoop on everything that's going on, who's going to be visiting, and and basically, one of the things that I want to talk to Ken about tonight is the Rhode Island haunts. You know, we don't we don't spend for a state that's right there, right? And for all the friends that we have that are involved in Rhode Island haunts, we don't spend a lot of time talking about Rhode Island haunts. So we'll get into all that in just a little bit as well. And of course, during the show, if you want to call in with your thoughts, comments, questions, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Also, you can send in the questions uh, via email, spooky crew at spookysouthcoast dot com. You can put them in Twitter form. By using the hashtag SpookyLive or tweeting us at SpookySC. And also, of course, the chat room, which is uh, alive and kicking right now on our YouTube channel, on our SpookySouthCoast.com page, and on our free Spooky South Coast app. So for anybody that says, oh, you know, I just, I, I want to I be a part of the show live on Saturday nights, but I don't know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know how to get it, and, or, or I'm not home, or, you know, we, we're just, you know, th- listen, there's no more excuses. We've got you covered every which way. You can, some people just put the YouTube streaming on their TV and just sit and watch us on the couch, which if this is the best thing that you have to watch on a Saturday night, thank you, but I also feel bad. Because <laughs> this, this is what you want to do with your Saturday night. We do it with our Saturday nights, but that's because you know we, we really have nothing else going on. Well, why don't we get right into things? Uh, we have... A new news correspondent this week. We do. She's joining us for the first time, and uh, I don't have any fancy intro music for her, so we'll we'll just bring her in the old-fashioned way. You want to do oh, uh, Ashley, you got to turn down your uh, you got to turn down the playback so that we can't hear ourselves. I'm excited. She's one of my favorite people ever. So I think I think she can probably hear me, but uh, you just got to turn down do. what's coming coming your way. Oh, and I'll just. Is it your computer? Because that was you last oh, maybe. Time. Oh, maybe it was. Good call. Let's see if it still does it. There we go. Ashley, you with us? She's like, I'm just going to turn everything off now. I can hear her background there. All right, well, we'll, we'll get right into things with her in just a second. Uh, I'll figure out what's going on. I know, on. I'm typing and talking at the same time. Right. It's, all of a sudden, I can't do two things at once. Good thing I didn't 
I can text her if you need Good thing to. I didn't uh, chew any gum and start trying to walk at the same time. All right, she says she's ready for us. All right, cool. All right can you hear us now, Ashley? Oh, that's me. Hold on. Oh. I think we're going to fire All right, you. can you hear us now, Ashley? I can hear you. All right, there we go. That Yay. Was, that was I can see you guys talking on the screen, and I'm like, oh, boy, I can't hear them. <laughs> no, that was me. I... It's been so long since we've been on the actual radio connecting like this that I forget which buttons I have to press. Hey, it happens. It's all right. No worries. We're semi-professional. We figure it out. You guys look professional on the YouTube channel. Just saying. <laughs> well, hey, YouTube is, uh, you know, it's big-time stuff. We, we had Ty going on, going on the other week from uh, Haunt Me, and, you know, just look at how many viewers they had on their live stream the other right. night. So, you yeah, know, that was crazy. We'd love to get numbers like that, people, if you're... If you're, thinking, if you're thinking about joining us live on a Saturday night. So uh, you're going to be presenting the Week in Weird for us. I don't have any fancy intro music for you, so I'll just say, here we go with Ashley Turner. And the Week in Weird, what do you have for us this week, Ashley? So I'm going to start this story out with a quote from the article. It says, the ghosts were all over me. I just accepted it. They touched me all over the place. And I'm taking one of the ghosts to court for touching me in the wrong place. Now that started off as a good Saturday night, but then it took a turn. <laughs> Did, did you hear that last part, though? Yes. I'm taking one of the ghosts to court for touching me in the wrong places. <laughs> this is the words of the Los Angeles Lakers Meta World Peace. In the article, he states that the few of, a few of his players like the, to look for hotels with paranormal activity because they're into that stuff, hoping to connect with something. Well, according to the Huffington Post, who got a hold of an interview from World Peace, he... Um, stayed in a hotel in Skyburn, I believe that's how you pronounce it, in Orange County. And he is now taking a ghost to court because he has been talking with the police and stuff like that and is counted as an assault. So I personally got a good laugh out of this. I mean, I've heard of ghosts and spirits sometimes being overly friendly, but something you have to deal with and setting your own boundaries. But taking a ghost to court? How is that going to handle it? I mean, what if the ghost doesn't show up for a hearing? Like, who are you going to go after? Well, I'll, I'll say this about... See, Meta World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest, the guy has uh, quite a few screws loose. And, <laughs> and I, I cover the NBA, or I did, so I've, I've been in the locker room and I've interviewed Meta World Peace, and uh, I, I can tell you that he's a, a very interesting guy. And we've, we've had quite a few conversations uh, when he would come to town to Boston. We would, I would talk to him about paranormal things because this isn't the first time a story's popped up with him associated with something strange and unusual. So uh, he's, he's definitely a believer. Um, I yeah, don't most know, definitely. I don't know what he thinks he's going to get out of this if it happens. But, uh, you know, we talked about this before. There was a case where a ghost was actually called to the witness stand in a trial before. So. Yeah, just, we talked about Millbrook. It just doesn't work out so well. No. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, what happens if it doesn't show up? Who's going to get pointed? And who's going to know the difference? And, you know, exactly. Right. Who's going to know the difference? How are you going to get them to communicate? Well, there's good money to be made in being a court um, translator. So people who go and work in the courthouses and they'll have a witness that only speaks Spanish and they'll need somebody to come and translate. So there's good money to be made in that. It actually pay, pays very well and it's a state job. So you're telling me that I should be a ghost translator? And for... you can get, yes. you can get the cushy state job <laughs> being you know, a ghost perks. translator. All right. What's he trying to settle for? Because he got assaulted, I guess, by the uh, ghost. Yeah, but who's going to pay? The I, ghost. I don't. I don't think he needs the money. <laughs> Right. He's, he's doing pretty well for himself. I think it's probably just more of a matter of uh, 
You know, he just he just likes to be crazy and do crazy things. This is the guy that started that big brawl years ago uh, in the middle of a game, and it changed the way that people are allowed to like sit around the court and all that kind of stuff. So it was a bench clearing type. Oh yeah, it was it was beyond that. It went Good up thing into the stands. his name is World Peace. Yeah. Well, he changed it to that. Right, because that's my before, point. Well, because before that, he was known as one of like the most testiest guys in the league. So, Anyway, uh, you have another story for us? I do. We're going to lighten the mood a little bit, and we're going to go on vacation. And what else do we want to do? We want to stay in someplace spooky, of course. Well, here in the U.S., there's something for everyone. Here are a few of my favorites that I found in an article written by Aaron Saggers. You can head on down to the Nutmeg State, where I am. If you don't know where I am, that's Connecticut. And make sure you stay at Captain and Grant's Bed and Breakfast, which is located down from the old Norwich State Hospital, which is a story in itself. Oh, yeah. But it's been said that there's sighting of children dressed in colonial clothing, holding hands, wandering the place, not to mention it's next to a cemetery. So you're in for something around there. I mean, it's a pretty cool place. And then right here in Massachusetts, we have um, Concord's Colonial Inn. It's noted that in room 424 is the main focus, which once was an operating room at one point. So it's said to make sure to book ahead or the doctor will have your head. So you don't want to be replaced with that. So... Is is there in all the different places that you've checked out and explored? Is do you have a favorite Connecticut haunt? Like an absolute number one, far and away. Uh, like a bed and breakfast. Anything, like a- just any place in Connecticut that's like your favorite place that you can legally. Well, I was in there legally. Um, the North State Hospital. I got to go in there, but it's no longer standing. So no. then. There's also Leffingwell in Norwich, Connecticut, so that's a really cool place. It's open to the public, and you can go. It's um, almost like Smith's Castle and the Paint House in um, Rhode Island. So, I mean, if you like that type of stuff, then I would look that up. Definitely a cool place to go. Awesome. And uh, do you have one more story for us? I do. This one is kind of funny also. A little girl in New Zealand got herself in trouble when it came to school, and it wasn't because she wasn't doing her homework on time or anything. She was caught requesting the presence of the famous ghost Bloody Mary. She was found in the school standing in front of the mirror repeating the name five times, such as the legend ghost. The girl's, um, the girl's teacher, you know, was concerned about her mental health and, you know, brought attention to the principal and so on and so forth. And the mother fired back with, well, that's a trend. You should know what's going on in your school system. And she didn't know why her child was being singled out. And then the teacher said that she had no idea, but was considerably shaken up about the whole thing. And she ended up leaving. But I think that the teacher was a little more afraid of the paranormal activity than what was that, happening. I almost, I almost am jealous, by the way, of kids that are in school now that can talk about this stuff openly. In school, right? and like yeah. it can be, it can be a topic of discussion because, like we, were, it was never entertained. We had one teacher that would let us talk about this stuff when we were going to school, and uh, and myself and and Matt Moniz and Matt Costa. Did you have Mr. Hassenfuss? Uh, no. Oh, you didn't get to have him. So, but we we would just know that on certain days, like we could just walk into him and be like, "All right, Mr. Hassenfuss, I saw this special on ghosts last night. A ghost real, and that would." We'd push aside the lecture for the day. We'd push aside whatever we were covering, and he would just spend the entire, you know, hour-long class talking about the paranormal. So it's, uh, you know, that was few and far between that we were able to get that. I ran into him the other day. He said he may come on air with us. I've been trying to get him on for years. He just, you know, he's 
He's retired now, so he doesn't want to have to give up a Saturday night to come in here. But, uh, yeah. Well, and uh, all your years of going to school, Ashley, did you ever have a, uh, a haunted classroom or a haunted school? Well, I never had a haunted classroom or a haunted school, but my um, school or my clique or group of friends, we were all into the paranormal, so it was accepted, I guess. I mean, we weren't considered, like, the weird kids or anything, but definitely was, like, a topic that we hung out at the playground and had, like, our own paranormal club. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we see, we we were afraid to talk about it even with yeah. our friends. It was, I remember for me, the first time we got into a real serious discussion about it was uh, when I was, I think, a sophomore. We had, like, the one friend that drove that was yeah. a little bit older, and we went to go see Time Cop, the Jean Va- Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, and on the way home, we started talking about, well, is time travel possible? And then that led it, so I was like, okay, how do you guys feel about ghosts <laughs> yeah. and then oh jesus <laughs> i saw a ghost once and then it turned into like a big conversation it's like oh i found my people yep exactly <laughs> well, definitely all right well thank you very much for giving us the news thank you for having me and uh we're gonna we're gonna try some different stuff down the line with this and we're gonna incorporate some different things and and uh and, and matt we have a willing participant to try anything that you want to do with the week and weird so ashley already said yes she's she's happy being a guinea pig that's what i do be careful what you wish for all right. <laughs> Have a great night, guys. Have a great you night. Too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. That is uh, Paranormal News correspondent Ashley Turner, and I, I think we're going to you know, try some different technology, see if we can't incorporate things a little bit more, because she's got you know, the whole setup. Right. So we think she, she does radio down at her college, and so we think we can kind of make it work in a way that we can try some different funky things and see what happens. There we go. Because, you know, we have to push boundaries here. We've This is episode 503. Three. So we have, to, we have to see if we can do new and different things. We can't just rest on our laurels anymore. Because our, laurel, our laurels are hardy anything. Now, <laughs> oh, Moni's got that. He's the only one old enough to get it. Sorry. So we're going to be joined in just a few moments by Ken DaCosta to talk about the upcoming Ocean State Paracon, the 2017 version of Ocean State Paracon. Another, I mean, I think this is the biggest lineup that they've ever had. And is it because I'm on it? Well, I'm just kidding. Just the number I have of to people. Pull Tim Weisberg. Sorry. I, I'm talking about the number of people. Yeah, I don't remember that many people being on there um, in past years. So it looks really exciting. I'm I'm excited to come back. The I think my favorite part about Ocean State every year is that I will stand in one spot and smell the food trucks all day and wait until I have a chance to actually go and get something from the food trucks. And then, you know, it's hit or miss because now you're really, really hungry and you've been waiting all day. Mm -hmm. And you could go over there and be sorely disappointed, but not with these food trucks. Well, listen, back in the days of the first ever Ocean State Paracon, there was only hot dogs available. So this is a this is a huge step up, and I can't wait because you've been talking about it for years. Listen, your popcorn too. Uh, maybe maybe popcorn. We'll have to ask Ken. Yeah. Uh, the, the there's you know uh, what, what am I thinking? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. There's Dunkin' Donuts, like you know, on the way there. So it's like it's funny because you will see everybody that is there. Like they'll all have like right. an iced coffee, and they're all trying to nurse it to last the whole day because. You know, they, they don't want to have to leave because there's so much stuff going on. But uh, you can certainly have a lunch for a king from that food truck. I That's did last awesome. year. I, what did I have last year? 
What did you have last year? I know I had the cheeseburger. Yeah, he's looking at us like <laughs> yeah, we know. Right? I had the cheeseburger one of the days, which was outstanding. But they had a special dog that I got that was really good. Special hot dog. And I can't remember what it is. Uh, Ross is in the chat room. He might remember because... <laughs> no, it was Dave Francis that I was talking to while I was eating it. And Dave Francis was like, Would that, they looks, that looks really good. Would they own Eville dogs? No, no. This, uh, this was... Um, oh. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I'll just have to eat one. There See, we go. All right. Dave Francis is in the chat. Or maybe he remembers what I know, it was. But you're the only one that's having an issue with this and remembers that you had it. So. And making the rest of us hungry. Right. <laughs> I have a quesadilla in the car. Of course I do. Yep. You're shocked, right? No. I'm surprised there isn't a chalupa sitting next to it. Nope. Quesadilla only. I'm just looking at the clock and realizing it's it's 10.36. Yes. And we started a little bit late tonight. Yes. So I'm saying that it probably took us like less than 15 minutes to get into food talk tonight. <laughs> oh, is that what you were trying to calculate? Yeah, I'm like sitting there like trying to think of things in my head. You know, I have to blame you for this one, though. This wasn't me this time. You brought up the food. I know, but that's one of the highlights of this. Is is the And you know, and it's, it's something that other... Paranormal conventions have brought into the mm-hmm. fray, bringing in these food trucks. But I'm pretty sure that Ocean State and Ken was was you know the the groundbreaker in that regard, because they've they've had them there all along, and it's it's definitely one of the highlights. One of my favorite things that happens is when the ice cream truck comes at the very end of the the day. There's an ice cream truck that just comes by, and it sees all these people, so it pulls in, and it's Annabelle's ice cream. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that kind of freaks everybody out, and then of course you know Chuckles the clown is always there. So he, yeah. he goes and makes it extra creepy. I don't do clowns. I think you're actually sitting right over next to Chuckles. Stop it. No, I'm oh, not. No. no, I'm not. I'm with... No, I think you're pretty close to Chuckles. Let's, um... It doesn't matter wherever you sit, you're going to hear him the whole day, no matter where you are. I think, I've, I think I was across from him at the first TerrorCon, and I was not pleased. Oh, Matt, Matt can tell you, like, Matt Costa knows him pretty well, and he'll tell you, like, he is one of the loudest clowns out there. I can't. I can't do it. It's. I mean, they're only like covered in blood and right. Look all murdery and stuff. Right. That's. You know, it's, it's nothing too bad. Uh, nope. I can't. No clowns. I'm trying. I was trying to like zoom in on the picture to. Now it's. I was gonna try and like show you the picture. Like stop. Make it full screen and throw it right at you. I so when when all that clown stuff was going on last year, did you like not even leave the house when no. it was happening? No, I didn't. I did not. Thank you very much. Because there was a, there was plenty of clowns that were seen around this area, right? There was. Um, I think the closest it got was. I think I remember Seekonk being there being a clown. There was a Sonnet, and I believe there was one sighting in like far north end of New Bedford. But other than that, not so. And much. there was one in your backyard too. Stop it! All right. You're a mean, mean There's person. There's also a couple in Rhode Island. Yeah, but that's not close. We're well, good. We, we, I don't know if you remember when that whole clown thing was going on, but we had Chuckles on. No. So Chuckles actually came on and uh, and I must have defended clown life for yeah. us and said, you know, like, let's not put all clowns down for this. So hang on. I have another caller coming in. Is that our surprise? I don't know. All right. Well, first, let's bring on Ken. Hello. Maybe. Ken DeCosta, are you with us? I am with you tonight. How are you doing tonight, folks? We, we are spooktacular. 
And uh, we do have a, a, su- a surprise guest that's going to be calling in. I'm not sure if that person is on. I say check the call log. I can tell you if it is. I don't have the... You don't? I don't have the log put up because we haven't had to worry about it. So. <laughs> no, not since my show. Nope, this one is a, a blocked call. Oh. So, Ken, let's take this call because it might be a surprise for you. Let's see what happens. Sweet. Live radio. you got to love it. Let me lock you in. It can be scary. All right, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Ken DaCosta. Hi. Uh, well, I was expecting him to be on here right now. I was expecting him to come in after the hour, after the top of the hour. Uh, but I had uh, a couple things for you that might be of interest. Okay, well, why don't we have you call back? Because we only have Ken for a brief period because he has something going on. So why don't we have you call back after 11 o'clock, if that works? Very good. All right, thank you. And, uh, yeah, because we, we want to make sure we have enough time to talk about everything that's going on, and now I ruin the surprise, which hopefully happens. You, you, didn't, you didn't ruin the surprise. He doesn't know what the surprise is But yet. he knows that there will be a surprise. Well, that's okay. Well, that's, this wasn't, that's this fun. wasn't going to be chuckles. We were not talking about clown-on-clown crime or anything like Hell that. No, 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 none of that. We, we support all clowns. We don't want to see any clowns going after each other unless it's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Sunday, like around 5 o'clock when things are winding up. You know, then, right. Cl- then clown clown lives matter too, guys. Once we once we turn the the river into a into a dunk booth for chuckles. Oh, okay. That might be a possibility. I'm just not going to be involved in any clown anything. So, so Ken, how many years now is it for the Ocean State Paracon? This will be our sixth year, um, and I remember, and you guys remember too, when we had this in the basement of a church and. One socket, and we thought it was like the biggest thing ever, you know. And we came out of it, well, you know, maybe we can make a thousand dollars for a charity or something like that. And um, if I were to tell you that I actually saw this coming and I anticipated this, I'd be lying. I, uh, you know, I am just as amazed as anybody how much this has grown into a two day event now. But uh, this will be the sixth year, and um. Probably our biggest ever, so we're really looking forward to we, it. We were saying that earlier. It definitely seems like it's the, the most number of, you know, poster guests that you've had in all this time. Yeah, it really it really is, you know, and um, it's amazing how many people just want to be a part of this. Uh, people leave from the previous year, and on Sunday, getaway day, a lot of them will say, you know, if you'll have me back, you know, I want to come back next year, you know, and. There are a lot of people that, um, unfortunately, we can't accommodate that want to come from, honest to God, all over the country to be a part of this. And, I mean, we never think of it that way. Um, We don't spend a lot of time, you know, patting ourselves on the back for anything because when you're doing this, you're really living in the moment. You know, we're just trying to put on the best event that we can and make it as attractive as possible and as profitable for a charity as possible. So... That's kind of where our focus is, so it's really, really gratifying and, and actually kind of humbling to um, see how many people now want to be a part of this, and, uh, you know, a lot of people call it sort of like a destination event and things like that, and I couldn't have envisioned that uh, five years ago, but it's just incredible, and um, I can't say enough about the support that these people give us every year. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, people want to come from all over, and I'm sure people contact you and say, hey, you know, I'd love to come if you can fly me out. And what people don't realize is that, you know, all these speakers are giving their time, and and 
the fact that all the profits from this are going to charity, and, and this year you're working with the Rhode Island Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And so this is actually one of those events where it's, you know, you've got people that are actually saying, okay, well, now I'll, I'll just come on my own dime, and I will come, and I want to be part of this because it is such a great event for such a great cause. Yeah, and I think that that's something that people need to know. Uh, when they have an opportunity to come out and meet these people and spend some time with them in a very relaxed setting, that everybody you're seeing, each and every one of these people, and, and some of them are, are local, definitely, but you have people like Andrea Perron coming up from Florida every year and people coming in from New Jersey and New York, uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, um, Maine, you know, where they're driving seven, eight hours. To be there, um, and of course, we want to maximize the amount of dollars to the charity, and we're pretty upfront with everybody. But it doesn't phase them at all, and I think that that's something that all of our attendees. Uh, it's important for them to realize that each and every one of these people, you know, takes care of their own accommodations and they travel on their own dime because we are a nonprofit, um, and they're happy to do so every year. And um, like I say, it's just humbling uh, that <laughs> to have the quality of, uh, of people to come in here every year and um, and be uh, and be a great part of this and uh, and support this cause. It's just amazing. I don't know how much more I could ask of anybody. Um, I honestly don't. But uh, it's extremely gratifying and just never ceases to amaze me. And just an action-packed lineup here. We have Andrea Perrin, Dustin Parry. Bill Brock, Samantha Hawes, Sherry D. Benedetti, who was just on the show last week, Joe Chin, Keith and Sandra Johnson, Carl Johnson, Rosalind Bound, Krista Chesery, Ron Murphy, the Gettysburg Ghost Gals, Tom D'Agostino and his wife Arlene, Jack Kenna, myself and Stephanie, and John Brightman and Chuckles the Clown. I mean, you've got tons of people that will be there all talking about different things and all bringing different things to the table, that whole huge lineup, and it's all just one low price. Yeah. Um, at the gate, it's $12 admission for adults, or you can buy a two-day pass. Hopefully, people will hang with us for the whole weekend. And that's only $20, children under 12 or 5, because we really gear this to try to make it a family event and to make it as affordable as possible. Um, and at the same time, everybody's just doing a little bit and uh, to support a great cause. And uh, it's important that everybody knows that every dime of this will go to the designated charity, as it has been since 2012, where we started. And when you do go and you get to spend, I mean, it's, it's not like, for anybody that's ever been to, like, uh, Rhode Island Comic Con or something like that, it's not like you're going to be walking up to these people and, and being ushered into this line and then you got to wait and it's very relaxed it's very laid back it's outside so you get the chance to hang out and actually talk to people so it's not just spending five minutes with andrea it's spending a good amount of time and talking with her and hearing about her experiences and she wants to hear about yours and you get the chance to actually you know get to know people instead of just talking at them or them talking at you, you actually get to have a, a one-on-one right. connection with them yeah, I mean, it's one of these events from the beginning that we don't rest on a lot of ceremony. And I think everybody's embraced that whole idea that you're not going to stand in a long line and you're not going to have to get hand stamps and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, for the most part, a lot of these people, if they're not at their tables, they're just freely walking around where, you know, you could tap someone on the shoulder, introduce yourself, um, take a picture, 
um, you know, and engage them a little bit in a conversation and maybe get a chance to ask people things that you normally wouldn't get the time to ask. Maybe share some of your own experiences and things like that. So I think that's one of the attractive parts of this thing and something that we've always emphasized over the years and everybody is just, um, absolutely taken to it and i think there's an understanding that that's the type of event that it is and i left the name off the list because uh you also have amy bruni coming on saturday as well yeah amy about a week ago got a hold of me because you know anybody that knows her schedule it's just pretty daunting you know she has uh, of course shooting with uh, adam berry for kindred spirits and she has strange escapes which you guys are a part of which is a phenomenal um, type of event where, you know, you guys do cruises and all sorts of things like that. But she found a little time in her schedule and got a hold of me um, and uh, said she'd love to be part of it this year. And we're very happy to have her. She was there two years ago, couldn't make it last year because they actually uh, got the green light for the show. But uh, to have her come up here and give her time um, is just uh, incredibly no, it's amazing, and uh, we're so happy to have her again this year. And I think, too, uh, you know, talking about the the intimacy of the event, it's also great, too, because when you get to go inside for the presentations, for the lectures, those happen inside the, the Assembly Theater, and, you know, it's a nice time to come in and have a little bit of air conditioning during the day and sit down and, and see who's speaking. But even those presentations, the speakers are up on stage, but it's still a very laid back, relaxed. It's a conversation, really, between the person up there and the audience. You know, it's not like when you go to see somebody speak and there's 300 people in the room and, you know, you yeah. can't get your question answered. I mean, this is the chance to actually directly ask questions and to find out more about what research these folks are bringing to the table. Yeah, and I think that that's the kind of vibe that sort of permeates this whole thing when we get people on stage, and it's a beautiful theater. Seats about 300 people, as you say, it's air-conditioned, which is always a plus if it gets a little warm out there. Uh, beautiful theater built in the 1930s and a uh, great venue for our speakers to do their presentations, and that's something that we emphasize as well because, you know, a lot of events, people get up, they give a talk and things like that, but that is actually one of the focal points of this event, where people come to share their perspective and stories, which is why we brought in a lot of different voices this year. Bill Brock, for example, from um, Discovery's um, Monsters Underground, who's going to talk a little bit about cryptozoology and his um, experiences in that. Um, he's going to touch on extraterrestrial type of subjects as well. So, again, you know, bringing in a different voice every year, but we really emphasize our speakers and our and our presenters because we like to think of it as a bit of a symposium where it's not just, okay, here's an activity, go in, there's somebody to listen to, you get in out of the heat, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's quite the opposite. We put a great emphasis uh, on our speakers, which is why we, you know, try to get them to kind of push the envelope a little bit, talk about something that maybe you normally wouldn't, but bring that dimension to the event, and uh, it's a big part of what we're doing. And I've always thought that, you know, myself as, as, a, as a speaker, as a presenter, I've always felt that 
Ocean State is a place where I can definitely push those boundaries. Uh, you know, one year I did a whole presentation on how it's okay to be afraid in a paranormal investigation, which was met with mixed reaction. But, you know, I, I, I love the fact that it's a, a group that's always very open-minded to what I'm going to talk about. And so I'm actually doing something different this year that I've never done before. I'm actually repeating a lecture that I've done, um, my lecture from SalemCon on the spiritualism aspect of paranormal investigation and i know ken that, that, that that's something that you know you and i have talked quite a bit about and that's why i want oh, to yeah. bring it back to this because i know that we can expand upon that topic with with the crowd that we'll have there yeah i was very happy when you told me you wanted to uh, bring that back you know i was kind of talking to you in chat and i had a sort of a smile on my face because i really enjoyed that because it's something that i've delved into very very deeply going back with the spiritualist movement and everything like that. And you, I mean, absolutely nailed every aspect of that, from William Mumler to, you know, I mean, you just absolutely nailed it. So when you said you wanted to bring that back, I, I was just more than happy that, uh, that you chose that subject. But it's true. A lot of people, when I have private conversations, they will come to Ocean State and say, well, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? Or maybe this will be controversial, or maybe this won't fly well, because people come up with some really objective things that sometimes, you know, maybe people don't want to hear. And our attitudes has, has always been the same. You have the stage. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring whatever you want to the table. You talk about whatever it is, and if it spurs debate or it spurs uh, discourse, conversation about it, all the more better, because that's what it's all about, really. Well, I think we do have our our surprise caller on the line now. Uh, all right. So, so let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Ken DaCosta. Hey, what's going on, man? I, I, I think I know who this is by the accent. <laughs> you know who this is by the deep south accent? <laughs> Well, everybody, if you aren't familiar with this voice, uh, why don't you why don't you try and guess who it is, Ken? Okay. okay How long? Um, let's about? see. Uh, just just recite something for me here. <laughs> oh, let me think of something good. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, shut the front door. Um, I'm trying to think, what else would what else would be something good that I would say in the heat of the moment? Uh, all scared, maybe yeah, wondering around the halls or something, you know? Or jail. Yeah, you don't have your dude run moment, I don't think. No, right? No, that's not a bad. No, thing. you know, it's like, but when you when something does happen and you kind of get startled, it's that whole you know draw back and go, hey, dude. Wait, wait, wait. I got one. I think I know because it's on your T-shirt. What's the phrase that's on your T-shirt? Right now? Not the one that you're wearing currently. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you know what I'm wearing right now? No, no. I, I don't <laughs> I said, Listen, we're going to have to talk about this real quick. I feel like I'm on the old What's My Wine show and I'm blindfolded here. So Ken's not liking that he doesn't have I, an answer. I have to ask know. a question. Do you trap ghosts? By some chance? Well, you know what? We don't trap them, but we do offer a transportation device for the energy to move around. There you go. 
<laughs> so if nobody's figured it out, this is this is Porter from the TWC from uh, Ghost Asylum and and the forthcoming Haunted Towns. Is it still called Haunted Towns? Are we still going with that? Uh, I I don't know that I can completely comment on that. Yet. Right. Um, I've had uh, I've, I've I've dropped Easter eggs before in interviews, and I've actually got my hand slapped. So I'm being uh, very very cautious. I know how that goes, <laughs> and they slap hard too. So. The, the surprise news here is, uh, so from what I understand, you're actually going to be coming up and taking part in Rhode Island and, and uh, Ocean State Paracon. Yes, I am. Uh, I'll be up there uh, uh, in two weeks. Yeah, July 15th. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's rapidly approaching. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we haven't uh, done any events uh, up in the uh, in the uh, northeast uh, yet, so uh, this will be a new one for me and, and hopefully get to see a lot of new faces. And, and this, this is Stephanie and I dragging you up because we want to bring your research ability up here to come check out all the stuff that you've researched down there. We want you to come up, up here and, and talk to some of these folks from up north and, and learn about some of these cases up here. Because as you learned, you know, just coming out and filming recently, there's a lot of cool stuff all over the country. Oh, there's a ton of cool stuff there. Uh, there's a ton of cool stuff everywhere. I mean, I... I tell people all the time, you know, if you're if you're digging into the backstories, you're digging into the history of locations, uh, you, know, you know, you really get into the meat and potatoes when you start, you know, looking at history and start looking at the uh, the history from the off the beaten path. Not necessarily the stuff that's written in the history books, but the stuff that's in people's minds that you know perhaps uh, have had stories handed down to them over time. Absolutely, uh, that's where the real story is at. That's where the real juicy stuff is, and and, and where the stuff is that will uh, give you those the insight to be able to uh, potentially communicate with something that other people can't. And can you know that firsthand from all the years of work you've done uh, in the New England area? So, what do you think? Do we have room for Porter at, at, uh, at Ocean State Paracon? I'm going to tell you what right now, Porter, my brother. I could not be happier right now that you're going to be up here joining us, and I guarantee you one thing: you are among friends here, and you're going to love this. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I think it's going to be a great event, and uh, I think we'll have a good time, and uh, you know, get to get to talk and meet a lot of new people, and, and uh, you know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll get to sneak away and uh, maybe uh, have a little investigation somewhere. Oh, we've got some so, news on that coming up in the next hour or two. So ooh, people want to stay tuned for that. Man, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm listen. I want to thank. Everybody, sincerely, you know, on behalf of the committee, everybody that puts this on, everybody that gives their time, the charity that we're benefiting right now, I just, I appreciate it so much on behalf of everybody there. It's just like, this is really exciting that you're going to join us right now, and um, man, I'm looking forward to that. As if I wasn't before, I am really looking forward to this. All right, Ken, well, the... Thank you for, for checking in with us, and thank you, Porter, for checking in. We're going to let everybody know about that event coming up uh, next hour, so uh, we'll give them all the details. But thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday night to call in and surprise Ken. Hey, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for having me, and uh, we will see you guys soon. Absolutely. You Have bet. Great night. Thanks, guys. Hey, take care. And, uh, and, Ken, we will definitely be talking. Uh, and uh, now you've got seating arrangements to, to change around and, 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 and more uh, faces to put on posters. Sorry to do that to you two weeks out, but we thought that would be a nice surprise. Well, it is a great surprise. So, hey, there's a lake there. Listen, you know, we can get rafts. We can do anything we want to. With that. Yeah, if, I mean, if you need me to, I can certainly just uh, I can stand on the bridge the whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be there with you. 
All right. Well, thank you, Ken. We'll uh, we'll definitely keep people up to date with everything that's going on, and uh, and everybody can go to your website, Rise Up Paranormal, to not only get their tickets, but also you have some ghost hunts going on as well as part of it, so people can find out more about those there. And uh, and those are very small, very intimate. Is there any tickets left for those? Yeah, we do have some tickets available. There are two different locations on Saturday night, and you nailed it. If you go to RiseUpParanormal.com, click on the Paracon link. Uh, you can purchase tickets there. Um, also, you can find Ocean State Paracon on Facebook. And if nothing else, send me a message. If you have any questions, be more than happy to answer it. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Okay. You betcha. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye, Ken. That right. is Bye-bye. Ken DeCosta of Rise Up Paranormal. And, again, RiseUpParanormal.com is the website to get your tickets to get your... Uh, tickets both for the Paracon and for those events and coming up on the other side we'll tell you about what we have going on with Porter uh, coming up as well because we're we figured if we're going to be in Rhode Island, let's do something cool. You we know? need to do something so cool. So we're going to we're going to have information on that coming up in the next hour. So stay tuned for that and we'll take more of your calls and we'll talk about all things strange and unusual. Science advisor Matt Moniz and Stephanie Burke. You could be spiritual advisor Stephanie Burke. I could. But that just sounds like it's like that's the only reason you're here. Well, then why is Moniz here? <laughs> well, he's he's the science advisor because originally that was what he was just here for. Oh, okay. Like originally he didn't want to be a co-host. He didn't want to talk. He just wanted to answer questions when we had them. Ah, so right. that's where well, the science advisor name came makes from. Makes sense. And it was actually it was kind of like an honorarium for you. Um, Based on Richard C. Hoagland yep. having that title with Coast to Coast AM. Yep. So that's kind of where we came up with that. That was like a way to kind of pay tribute as well. But um, then he ended up just becoming a co-host and the name had already stuck. We tried we, we tried a couple different nicknames with you in the early days. Yeah, but those were ones you couldn't use on the air. That's true. Well, those we still use. Yeah. But uh, we used to have, I remember in the chat room, I mean, the, uh, on the message board, we had the Professor's Pit. That was yep. your area. Um, and we had... We have you Casa's thought about re-revising and bringing nobody? That back? Nobody uses those anymore. No, I meant it's still no. no the just, concept of you can it. still get it. It's still there. People can still utilize it. I don't oh know. Does it, do you, is it still the Konami code on the website, Matt? Does that still work? Yeah. Yeah. So if you put in the Konami code on SpookySouthCoast.com, oh you can access it. Also, if you look up Spooky South Coast message board, you'll find it too. Because I've I've had to go back and like do some research there for certain things and I've been able to access it but if you just if you know the Konami code you can I, put it in on the website and it will pop up I didn't think that was still in the room it's, it's still out there all that stuff people wrote about you is there forever I'm sure we didn't delete it yikes so uh, did you ever go on the message board back in the old days I think we had already abandoned it like before you were probably even listening to the show you didn't, uh, you didn't listen from the beginning right when did you start 2006 yeah my senior year in high school Oh, really? Yep. That's what you were doing on, yep. your, on a Saturday night when you were in high school? Yep. Okay. 
Even I went out when I was in high school. Well, I did, but when did you start? January? (laughs) I'm just messing with you, yeah. January 2006. January 26th. I was only there for six months after you started, so after that I was listening. Definitely in 2007. She was like, in the middle of an awesome party senior year. Why not? I would turn off the music and be like, we have to listen to Spooky South Coast, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Someday you won't pick on me. I don't know. Good, good luck with that. Uh, well, you're, you're, you know, I try. You're getting in demand now, so I have to like keep knocking you down a oh, few really? pegs so you don't get really? a big head or anything. Okay. You know. Thank you so much. So uh, you do have a whole bunch of things going on. I do. I can't announce all of them yet. Well, you have classes. You have things. I do. You, I know that you have. Um, you had mentioned that you have something coming up at your place. I actually have a table tipping session coming up at my office, and but I have... this is going to be like a series that you're putting on, right? That's the plan, to kind of do like a series of these? Nope. Oh, I thought you were going to try and do a couple of them. I did. Oh, you've already done them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So I have another one coming up, um, but that's just open to anybody. It doesn't matter. And this is just coming and checking out and seeing what it is that you do and... Right. Well, no, they, they come, they pay, they have the session, they right. speak to their loved ones, they go home. Um, I have an Awaken Your Intuition class coming up. Um, I'm doing a very short version of that at Ocean State Paracon. So if you're curious to kind of get in touch with your psychic side, then definitely come see me in Rhode Island. But I do the entire full workshop coming up um, actually before. So I'll have another one coming up after uh, Ocean State as well. But I do have some traveling coming up. Right. We don't, have to, we, you don't have to, you don't have to get right. any of the, I just wanted you to promote some stuff for the local audience right. and then you'll announce things when you can on your website and on social media right on social media will be first for sure but we uh we have exciting things to announce together yes we well you know as we mentioned when we were talking about ocean state paracon right the people who come and take part in this event are you know they're they're footing their own bill to get here so and and porter i think it I don't think we're giving anything away no. by saying that he lives in Tennessee. Right. Since he's part of the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. So <laughs> no, not going <laughs> to... It's, it's not, not an easy trip to make on your own. No, it's not. Uh, and he's footing the bill for his own trip. So we said, well, if he's going to do that, we, we should come up with something where we can kind of help him recoup some of the costs right. of, of, of the travel expenses associated with coming up here. But also, we figure, I've been doing this event for a couple of years. You were there in the early days of it. You know, in... We're in Rhode Island that has this great haunted history. Ken's got a couple of uh, ghost hunts associated with Ocean State Paracon in some historic places, but, you know, it's it's small. It's right. limited to a number. Of, so we don't want to be like, oh, can we come and crash it? And then that's one less person that can, A, come and experience that when we could always go anytime we want. Right. Because Ken always invites us on these investigations. And, two, that's money that we'd be taking away from the location from being able to sell that ticket. Of course. For, and from the, for the charity, I mean. So we said maybe we can find another place where we can kind of put a little something on where folks can come and have a cool experience, have a cool night somewhere where they couldn't normally get to. And then at the same time, we can help Porter with his travel expenses. Right. And I didn't realize that the place that I had reached out to and contacted has apparently been, you know, closed off to the paranormal for quite a number of years now. I'd say probably close to eight years. And people are just shocked that we are getting back in there for this. Right. Which is starting to make me second guess that they really know what it is that we're trying to put on there. <laughs> but, no, we talked <laughs> well, about it We talked about it very in-depth. I, I spoke about it very in-depth. 
So on the night of the first night of the Ocean State Paracon on July 15th, Saturday, July 15th, we're going to be putting on a very intimate event, Stephanie, myself, and Porter, where we'll be at the Sprague Mansion in Cranston, Rhode Island. Yes. I don't know. Moniz, have you ever been to the Sprague? number of times. It's, um, it's owned by the Cranston Historical yeah. Society, and uh, it has a, a great haunted history to it. It has a great history overall, but some of the... Hell, it's got a headstone in it. Inside of it? Yeah. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Well, we do now. Yeah. Well, the, but the, the story goes, the, the way the story originally goes, is one of the Sprague family that lived in the house was actually killed, murdered. Um, apparently, you know, he had decided not to renew a liquor license for a tavern owner, and the tavern owner allegedly came and killed him just feet from the property. And it turns out that he probably didn't do it. All this crazy stuff that we can get into that night. But so that spirit is said to roam. People see a woman descending the staircase. That's been seen since the 1920s. Right. Uh, a former caretaker decided to hold the seance in there one time, and apparently that stirred up a whole bunch of stuff. So there's all kinds of spectral activity that people have reported seeing, people being touched, all kinds of EVPs that have been taken, uh, that have been recorded in the, house, in the mansion itself. So there's all this great haunted history of it. So we said, that sounds like a great place. Let's check it out. And so when I reached out to them, it took a little finagling, and it took a little you know, waiting for the right people to say yes and for it all to come together, but now it has. So we right. have about two weeks yes. before the event. Uh, so tickets are on sale. They're $135, and you can get them on SpookySouthCoast.com. And we really just want to help... Give people a good time in Rhode Island and help yes. Porter cover some of the costs of coming up and spending his weekend with us. And, of course, give back to the Sprague Mansion. And give back to the Sprague Mansion and, and as well, the we, charity. we will be donating $5 out of every one of those tickets back to the charity that Ocean State, uh, Ocean State Paracon is benefiting this year, that being the Rhode Island Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Right. So a big portion of your ticket sales is going to help these charitable organizations, both the... Uh, Rhode Island Coalition Against Domestic Violence and the Cranston Historical Society with the upkeep of the Sprague Mansion. And and part of that is also going to, there will be some refreshments served. So I've heard. Because a, 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 apparently this is a big deal. What What is wrong with us? We can't have any type of show without talking about snacks. But apparently so this is a big deal because I've told people about this and they're like fired up that we're getting really? this, this, this special punch. Okay. Apparently the Sprague Mansion has this very... Famous top uh, secret, right? Top secret recipe handed down from generations. Punch that non-alcoholic mm-hmm. punch that they serve, and so they said, you know, for an extra price, we can provide you with the punch and some some pastries. And I said, well, you know, let's let's see how people feel about that before we say that we definitely want to have it because. Listen, I'm just thinking about myself. I know that I usually wear black, but I also spill everything on myself. So I don't want to cover myself in punch before I'm doing an investigation. But I started mentioning the punch to people. I'm like, they offered to make you the punch? Oh, you have to get it. And I don't know if, if we've ever covered this before, but I'm a huge punch fan. Are you? Oh, yeah. I don't think we've ever covered this. No. I, see, people don't realize it because they see me on the show like swigging out of two liter bottles of Mountain Dew yeah, when I'm doing the show. But I am a huge fruit juice fan. I love it. All kinds: pineapple juice, tomato juice, apple juice. You know, I don't care if it's I don't care if it's 100 real. I don't care if it's from concentrate. I don't care about any of it. My favorite's probably orange juice, but it has to be orange juice with like pulp so thick you have to chew the orange juice. Ew. Oh, 
That's how I love it. I mean, I don't mind Not hope, but I don't know if I want to chew yeah. my orange no, 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 no. juice. I'm with you on that. One no, no, no. I, get, I get that. A little bit's okay. But I get that Grove stand where it's like nice and thick. What is wrong with you? Oh, me? yeah. Just eat an orange. Right. No, no, it's not the same. Right? Yes, it is. It's not the yes, same. Yes, it is. So, uh, so I'm a very big Punch fan, so I'm pretty excited about this. I, I didn't ask, you know, what's the appropriate amount of Punch for one person to drink? So we'll we'll find out that night. But um, so we are announcing that formally. We announced it the other day on social media, but uh, just announcing that formally that we have that event on sale. Uh, so it'll be spooky at the Sprague. It'll be Stephanie and myself and Porter, and we're going to put this on for to benefit the charities and to help Porter with recouping the cost of coming up here. So if you're excited to go out to Ocean State and get the chance to meet them, then you can also come and hang out with them and investigate. And it's it's a brief event. It's it's six thirty to eleven thirty, but we're going right. to spend that whole time just investigating and learning the history and experiencing the right. Great not mansion. our usual of you know stop and yeah, we're not going to relax. We're, we're going not, right into it. No, we're not doing dinner. We're not doing uh, presentations. We're not getting into all that stuff. We're just giving you the chance to investigate the Sprague Mansion. So you can check out all the details of that on SpookySouthCoast.com. And also we have still uh, we have available tickets for Ghosts of the Gateway 2017, which is our annual event that we do now every year to help benefit the Wareham Historical Society. Four different historic haunted buildings dating all the way back to 1690. And the Fearing Tavern, I hate to, I hate to you know, I, I hate to kind of, not be able to give away all the details of something, but it's going to be on TV real soon. Again? Well, Stephanie and I filmed something there a couple of months ago, and it's going to air really soon, and when it does, the reputation of that place is going to blow up, and everybody's going to be trying to get in there for investigations, but they don't just let anybody go in there and do stuff. So this is going to be people's chance to come in, and it benefits the Wareham Historical Society with the upkeep of the Fearing Tavern and their buildings. So when... uh, We've been trying to find out, not to speak out of school, but we've been spending, you know, months now trying to find out if we can get into the nail factory as part of that event. And the town just announced their plan for the nail factory last week. Which is? They're turning it, they're going to be refurbishing it all and turning it into like a, a cultural center. So they'll have, like, artist spaces and, you know, things for gallery showings and all kinds of stuff. That's what they're going to be doing there. So I've got another email in to the town administrator saying, before you get into all this, this might be our only chance to do this. Right. So fingers crossed we might be able to get access to that as well. I'm hoping so because I have heard so many stories over the past years, I want to say even decades, about that place. So, And, and the general store across the street, um, even though that's no longer in business. Right. That's that's closed down. But the notorious ghost from the general store sure. did travel back and forth. Yeah, that's the whole the thing. He walked between the two yes. buildings. And yes. I've seen him. If so. we if we can get the nail factory, it'll be a nice add on. If not, we always have a great time. It's going to be amazing anyway. But but uh, it certainly uh, it would be nice to just at least be able to get in there one time and check it all out before they change everything around and you know get in there when it's still actually the nail factory as it was because it didn't change a whole lot from the time that yeah. it first opened. To you know, it opened what eighteen oh three or something. Like uh, that? It was uh, the eighteen nineties is when it became the nail factory, I believe. But it was a factory it was before that. Mill in nineteen in eighteen oh three. So, uh, but I don't think anything's changed much from the time it became a nail factory yeah. to the modern time. They didn't really uh, modernize it too much. They brought in new equipment, but they kind of kept the the bones of the building. And there's all those little outbuildings too. Yeah. And I I think the last conversation that I had is we could have access to everything if they were going to allow us. 
to get in, we would have access to everything except the office building because the office building is structurally unsound. But fair enough. I'm fine with that. If we can have uh, just that extra little boost for people who might have already come to us, uh, one of our events somewhere, but it never disappoints. It doesn't. Like, Something always happens. We were having stuff happen there when we were just filming. Right. You know, and so it's it's worth uh, coming and checking out. Where else can you go and get to investigate a place from 1690? That looks like it did in 1690. Right. I'm, I'm never going to forget that little reporter seeing that shadow thing coming up to the door and her basically climbing up my back onto my shoulder. <laughs> that, that's, there, was, there was a lot of strange things that go on there. And uh, we'll, we're looking forward to having all that happen again. I wonder if my, uh, my very specific story made the TV cut. Yeah, uh, I I know what you're talking about, and I'm sure mm. it, I'm sure it probably did. Think so? Uh, it was a little Dave, inappropriate. <laughs> Dave was pretty excited to have that story, though. Was he? I don't know if he was just excited by what was happening in the story. I, I don't know. I don't know. You can you can share it <clears throat> in case it doesn't make it. Well, Moniz was actually with me that night, so um, you know it's always going to be weird when Moniz <laughs> is involved. <laughs> I, I was standing at the bottom of the stairs, right outside the tavern, part of the building, and. I was talking to somebody about going up the stairs, and I decided to turn around and start going, actually, you know, moving yeah. up the stairs. And I felt something pinch my butt. And I turned around, I whipped my head around at Moniz, and I accused him of doing it because I've known you guys forever. If somebody did that to me, it would just be a joke, laugh, whatever, move on. And he's standing there looking off into space, and I'm yelling at him. And he's like, that, that, what? That what? wasn't me. What? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you talking about? And I think it was somebody from the Historical Society actually stepped in and goes, oh, honey, this used to be a brothel. <laughs> this is where they used to come out of the tavern and lead the ladies upstairs, upstairs yeah. to the different rooms. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense, I guess. But me being the person I am and so skeptical and logical and analytical that I didn't exactly think that that would happen to me. But well, I did. number two, I wasn't really that close enough to, you no, would you were not you, even close enough no <laughs> i thought you just moved really quick and yeah, i, I, I could be anyways. quick but not that quick it was dark yeah you know it's also the same stairs that um andy lake got his evps right we, yeah yep he um he got a a few good hits there but yeah. it's just a weird set of stairs yeah and so. the way they go up and turn is it's not like no, no that, that house is like a fun house yeah um old tavern yeah. but you know, stairs and tiny rooms and having to crawl through basically windows, <laughs> windows. to get to other additions of the house. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird place, but a lot goes on. And I think besides that, the creepy doll room is even worse. That video that Andy yes. got, that was, uh, seeing the original, uh, too bad he had lo- lost the original version of yeah. it. We were, but we that were just was, talking about that last Saturday. It's like a, I mean, we're lucky to get what we got on the copy, so, though. So, last Saturday, I'm, I'm presenting Ghosts of the South Coast at the Middleborough Town Hall, and the lights are off in the room, but the sun is shining, and we don't have any way to really pull shades down, and so we're thinking that, you know, nobody's going to be able to see that when I show that clip, and sure enough, everybody could still see it. It's so luminescent that they could still see it, yeah. even on the screen, uh, with the sun coming into the room, so everybody was pretty blown away by that, so... The original generation, too bad that got lost or corrupted, but it was sparkly. The, that's why we called it Tinkerbell, because that's exactly what it reminded. I mean, it's definitely self-luminous, and it right. flies right into the wall, and it's like, what the hell was that? 
I think I saw it right when you guys originally had caught it. Yeah. And it was a pretty awesome piece of evidence for sure. Well, as I mentioned, you know, they don't really allow a lot of... No, they don't. ...other investigations happen. You were a part of one of the other investigations that was able to take place there. They've only allowed a few. Uh, But, I mean, so you can even say, like, even beyond just going to our events there, that, you know, stuff happens when you go. I think after that that incident, um, we're pretty much the only ones allowed in there. So... Yeah, it, it's it's kind of um, you know there's it's there's a process of course to, to, to get approval and they trust us because you know the what about the three cellar? out of four of us live there. What do you mean? What about the cellar? Are we going to be able to get back in there? Oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. but it's just it's it's all crushed gravel in there now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yep. uh, but yeah, no, they, people can go down there. It's, it wasn't They got rid of all creepy. the all those spider corpses and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff are all gone. Yeah, with the the gravel down, it's not as bad. Okay. Now one place where they haven't got rid of all the spider corpses is the Oliver House basement. I'm not alright with that. So I came face to face with them. I don't do spiders. I just don't. We're working. We're working on on putting an event together there, and uh, <laughs> I, it's safe to say that Stephanie will not be working in the no. basement of the Oliver House that night. Listen, let me guess. Am I going to end up in it? Well, we can just stick you in the basement. Does, everyone, away from people. I was going to say everybody. I don't know, Monies. I might have to take the basement of the Oliver House if we do an event there. Only because I might be the only person short enough to not smack my head into everything down there. I am absolutely too tall for that basement, for I sure. Mean, you guys joke about having me in the basement of all these places. There's a, There's a lot of ton activity. of activity that happens in these basements. Um, I went down to the basement with just a quick tour um, with Christy, who is you know manages everything over there. And she's teeny tiny. Yeah, I just told her tonight when I saw her. She's, she's like all a chicken of what, nugget. Five foot. Yes, that and I love her southern accent. She's just the cutest. So, she's walking around. I'm following her, pretty much bent in half at this point because I can't walk in that basement. And she's showing me like all these crazy nooks and crannies where they used to part. Uh, I think it was part of the Underground Railroad at mm-hmm. one point, and then they used to hide. Um, and they were loyalists too, so right. they would have to hide down there. Yep. So it was really fascinating. However, all I had was my cell phone light. I, she wasn't. She had a lantern, but she's so teeny and she's running everywhere that I can't see anything. I'm coming face to face with these gigantic golf ball sized spiders, and most of them are like already reached that point. They're like dead, and they've reached that point where they're like frosted over. Yeah, yeah. it's no, that, but that's, not all of them were dead. Some of them that's just were a mold growing on the remnants of the so, exoskeleton. Funniest part was there's this big old door, you know, to probably go into a bulkhead to lead outside. Mm-hmm. And she walks over to it, no fear at all, and says, oh, we nailed this shut earlier, and it's wide open. Mm-hmm. So my first thought is, who's down here with us? And she's walking around like it's no big deal. I'm like, between the spiders and the possibility of somebody like lurking in the shadows ready to kill me, um, I'm all set. I want to go upstairs now. But even um, part of the, as you walk down. Um, I've only seen the outside of the house. I'm not sure how big the basement is. It's, it's, it's pretty good pretty size. Si- yeah, it's pretty good size. It's the footprint of the house. As okay. you start walking down the house, I think you get to, did you get to see, um, have you been there? Yeah. I was there. What is wrong with me? I was there with you last Saturday. Oh my God. I don't have any memory today at all. Um, the, did she lower the, the wooden planks for you? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really awesome. Um, they have this, you know, almost like a pulley system, and it completely covers the stairs uh, down to the basement. And then you can crawl into almost like a hidden room off to the left where they used to hide Part people. of the yeah. underground railroad. Okay. That and the loyalists, yeah. So the 
I, I believe the wooden part was the Underground Railroad part, and then the, the Loyalists were underneath in the basement. I, I, she was, okay. Christy was explaining everything so quickly, but and I'm just so blown away by how cool the place was that, you know, it's... I'm not absorbing everything, but uh, one of one of the coolest parts about that place is the story, the legend, and nobody's sure if it's actually 100% accurate, but the legend is the family that lived there were loyalists, and they had been communicating back and forth with England and telling them of the revolutionist plan. They were basically spying on the revolutionary army and giving this information to England, and then... They couldn't figure out why England was always, you know, kind of one step ahead. So they ended up sending Benjamin Franklin to this house. And so Benjamin Franklin visited and went into this closet and opened up the closet and found the correspondence between the family and the British government. And so that's how they ended up proving that these people were giving this information to the British. So you walk into this room and you're like, okay, already I'm in a room that Benjamin Franklin was in, which is pretty awesome. And then you walk over to the closet and you touch the door handle. And you say, I'm touching the door handle that Benjamin Franklin touched. And then you go into this like little tiny closet. And uh, from what Christy was telling me, the, the wallpaper that's in there is original. Like it goes back to 1767 when the house was built. And it's peeling off. And so they're trying to work on having it put back up professionally and then putting plexiglass over it so that... Yeah, people can preserved. Go, so yeah. that people can go into the closet and, and be able, because they put people in there for, you know, EVP sessions and things like that. But it's just to be in there and be like, wow, like little tiny bit of minutia like that that you don't realize is such a direct connection to the past. To be able to walk in there and say, you know, and, and that happens for people like at Lizzie Borden's house. To oh, go yeah. in there and say, you know, this is the, the this is the door handle that Lizzie Borden touched. You know, and it's a way to kind of make that, Direct personal connection. So that's like dirty talk to me. I love history. Well, I'll, to I'll, do with history. I'll lose my I'll lose my stuff when I get to go to a place that Abraham Lincoln was at, and I'm like, wait, Abraham Lincoln sat in this chair. You never did the Washington trips, and I need to. I did with junior high. School. I did with Matt's class. My my class didn't have it, but it's not the same. I mean, like when you go to a place where there's been like ten thousand people touching a doorknob. You know, yeah. and there's probably been that many that have touched this one now. But you know what I mean. It's still it's still just a geek out moment. So and I love those geek out moments and you can have those geek out moments with us at, at either one of these events. So I highly recommend people get tickets now because as I said, you know yeah. the first of all the Sprague Mansion one is coming up fast, but once Porter starts kicking that out to his social media, then people are gonna be coming from all over to come and take part in that one. So Make sure our New England people get first crack of those tickets. Jump on there now. And you saw the doll room, right? I've heard about it. I yeah. haven't seen it yet. We, well, I figured you would have seen pictures. A whole no. room from floor to ceiling. Seriously? Seriously. Yay. All the way up to the door in there. It's like, like you'll see. Cool. Sorry, but the rest of <laughs> the rest of the house is done very period correct and stuff like that. All the antique furniture and mm-hmm. they, they they did do a very good job with it. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'll just avoid that room. Yeah. <laughs> I was yes. just uh, we were discussing the door handle in the chat room. Ah. And if anybody wants to call in, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. In bringing up all of these these historical connections and bringing up all of these uh, places where we can go and kind of directly touch history, 
a lot of people that listen to the show, you know, we have people that listen to the show from all over. We get emails from people from all over. And I was talking about this with Mama Cheryl on the cruise, too, that... I love Mama Cheryl. People look at stuff from the, the, you know, the early 1900s or the late 1800s in other parts of the country and say, you know, we've, we've got a place that was built in 1904 that we get to investigate. It's so funny. And it's like, really, 1904? Like, I'm pretty sure that's when, you know, that's when the, my front door was put on. You know, like, that doesn't mean anything to us because, like, our what we have is so much older. No. I grew up in a house that was built in 1792. That's my norm. And so for other people, they look at that and they say, well, I can't imagine what it must be like to have to, you know, keep up places like that. But when you look, like the Oliver House, we were talking about right. the Oliver House, which did need some work, they, and they have been repairing it and everything. But, like, look at the Faring Tavern where they still have the, you know, the post and beam yeah. attic and all that stuff. Like... That stuff was built to last. So the stuff around here that was built in the night, like, how come you have all these places from the 1700s, 1600s, but you know you get rid of your houses from the 1900s because they weren't built to last like those older places yeah, were. They were meant to be generational and, and because the, it was the need to. And when you built it, you were building it because you know you wanted to have the places that are preserved. You know we don't have a lot of the the common places where like the common folk would live are not preserved. You know, it's not like the place, uh, you, you know... Certain homesteads are still around. In some cases, but yeah. for the most part, the places that are preserved had a significance throughout that period, from that period. They they have some sort of relevance. It's not just like, oh, let's go down to Joe Smith's house and go see Joe Smith's house from 1685. No, because it, it would be preserved if Joe Smith was somebody important. And usually that meant that they would have the money to kind of put into that. and, and Or the family did. And it would be a reason yeah. to have it be preserved and have it last like that. So, you know, our places do have that built-in history. It's not like when you say, oh, we have a house that was built in 1903. Usually if we have a house around here that's built in 1903, it's like not anything of historical significance. So that's why you don't hear us talking about a lot of those places, you know? Right. You'll have people that will come up to us and say, I think my house is haunted. It was built in the early 1900s. Fine, but it's just it's just a residence. In it's our, not something yeah. that makes... Headlines. In our case up here, at least, the land has seen so much oh, that yeah. it's probably haunted because of what happened before the house was built. I think that that's part of it, too. And I think the Bridgewater Triangle is part of it, too. Speaking of the shirt Moni is wearing, <laughs> I think that all kind of plays into it. And I think the fact that we have a culture that continuously, even if we're not continuously talking about the paranormal stuff, we continuously talk about the historical value of it, and I think that that kind of lends itself and plays itself into it. Because we've debated this and discussed it before, you know, if a place looks like it should be haunted, it's probably going to be haunted because we'll make it haunted. And I think that we look at places that have this historical significance and we say, that's a place where you can go back and touch history. And even if, even if there wasn't, and I, I hate to use the word portal, but we'll just use the word portal as an example here so that you get what I'm talking about. If there wasn't a portal directly back to the 17th century in that place, enough people going there and studying and focusing on the 17th century might the open up that portal. No, no, I'm not even talking about, like, something that you create with your mind. I'm talking about just going in there and kind of ripping open the fabric of time a little bit. Just for the act of being there. Just, just being there and talking about it and putting that into there is going to th thin that veil a little bit. And that's what we get to do at a lot of these places, is I think that when you can walk into a place and say, 
I feel like I stepped back into the 1700s. Well, then maybe you are. Maybe we've made it that way by enough people going there and focusing on that era. Could be. I mean, one of the things that Jeff Belanger talks about in his time travel lecture is he talks about time slips. And I think that by putting ourselves into these places, we're kind of intentionally putting ourselves down the path of a time slip. You know, we want to. That's what we want to have happen when we're there. Nobody wants to go into a place that was built in the 17th century and encounter the person that lived there 20 years ago. They're trying to reach out to people from the past. They're trying to reach out to people from 100, 200, 300 years ago. That's the idea of being there. That's the advantage and and, and the coolness of being in a place that's that old. So I think that we're putting enough of an emphasis on that history that we are making it kind of come alive again. For example, I mean, you guys didn't get a chance to check it out because it was sort of like thought forms. I don't want to say necessarily a tulpa in itself. We can get in kind of the um, argument about tulpas because when you're talking about a tulpa, you're saying it's something that you created. And I'm not talking about something that we've created. I'm just talking about something that we've maybe... See, I was going to use the word conjured, but even that could kind of be something that you've created. Right. But it's it's just a calling forth. You're creating a conduit to to that right. time in the past so by focusing on it with thoughts. Is instead that of going in, instead of going into a haunted place and creating a ghost named John, you are going into a place and having the ghost named John that used to live there come forward. So, and I think that that's what we're doing in a lot of these places, like. You, you, as I was saying before, you guys didn't get a chance Instead to go there. More summoning than anything? Yeah, more of a summon. Because Jeff and I did that place in Connecticut, the Smith-Harris House. And that was a place that just had a lot of historical value but didn't have a lot of paranormal stuff going on. They had a few things, enough that they thought it was worth having us come and, and do an event. But they really kind of just wanted to just promote the history more than anything and and say, you know, maybe some of these weird things that have been happening to us are paranormal. You guys can let us know. So we we do an event there, and all kinds of crazy stuff's happening. The first time that we ever went to the Fearing Tavern, that one, they that never nice. nobody reported paranormal activity happening there uh, that that worked in the historical society. You know, no, nobody came to us and said, "We think this place well, is haunted. We need you to come and check it out." We weren't approached, but there were definitely stories from people. But they didn't they didn't take it seriously. I mean, they. But I'm saying it wasn't that there hadn't been any reports. There have been reports for years. The, the historical society did not. Consider it to be ghostly activity. Let's well, just say that they didn't. The, the <laughs> common the common belief that they had was that, yeah, everybody just feels that way because it's old and you know it's it's a little creepy at night and things like that. But what about the people that saw stuff? <laughs> but as as a whole, the historical society I, I got dismissed you. it. Yeah. And so when we go in there and we start conducting the first ever investigation there, what happens? The place comes alive. It goes crazy. There's all kinds of stuff happening. And we find that that happens more often than not. And I think what you get the opportunity to do in these places is open that door. And that's something that you can't do in other places. You can go back and you can you can go to a place in California that was built in 1885 and say, okay, but what was on the land before that? Right. But it's still not the same as being able to kind of open the door and step back into what that location would have been like. You know, 200, 300 years before. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'll always kind of brag about the ghosts that we have in New England and always kind of say that ours are better than yours. Of course they are. 
there's a, a few places that I'd be interested in checking out. And Porter can tell us about it when he comes up because they've been all over the country now. And they can talk about some of the places that they've been and some of the unique factors of those haunts. But right. I bet you, I bet you even those guys would tell you, yep, nope, you guys have something really cool going on in New England. So We'll have to ask. We will. I think I'm going to have to drag them up for my presentation now. You could. We'll just have them, we'll use them as guinea pigs for both of our presentations. Well, how am I going to use them as a guinea pig for mine? I don't know. You'll figure something right. out. But, he uh, might hate me after I'm done, but. I will, because uh, I know that he's pretty skeptical of some of the spiritualist stuff. So maybe we'll have him sit in and offer up some insight on that. That might be interesting. I'm excited to just talk about that topic again. Well, your topic is right before my topic. So I, that's, I tried to plan it that way at least. So that way you could talk about spiritualism and then go right into how no, to make it work. So basically so. what you wanted to do is you wanted me to cover all the historical stuff so that you could not have to waste time doing that. Absolutely. So that works. That's fine. <laughs> no, I had the opportunity to go before you and I chose not to. But that's why I had – that's why when I presented at SalemCon, I told you that I wanted you to sit in and be part of that so you could kind of see how that can happen. Like, I, I think that's a great one-two punch in the future, too. No, I agree completely. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how that works out. But uh, certainly we can talk about – I mean, I want people to come and argue with me about it. Now, you know, I didn't get a lot of argument at SalemCon about it. People are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I kind of want people to argue with me about it. I prefer not to have the argument, but it's hard for people to argue with me after I prove it to them. Well, it's not – I shouldn't say argument. I like a debate. Debate. I like, Debates I like, are fun. I like a discussion. I like hashing things out and explaining it. Uh, you know, Moniz, you've been doing this for a long time, you know, since the spiritualism era, pretty much. <laughs> I gave it to Fox Sisters. Now, now. You've, Listen, I want to put it past do, you. Do you, know what, do, you know, do, you know the, do you know what the title of my lecture is? Because it's one of the most – it's one of my most proudest moments of something that I've written. Well, you've had a couple of them, so. My, the one on spiritualism. I call it From Fox Sisters to Ghost Brothers. Oh. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. that, that you were me. actually really excited about that. I title. was. I was so I was so happy with it. I was like, that was one of my shower ideas. So uh, anybody that knows me knows I do my best thinking in the shower, which is why I take a 40-minute shower every day. I always joke with him. If we're out in public and he says, so I was thinking about you while I was in the shower. I'm like, you can't do that. Right, but. But it's all work-related. She knows yeah. what I mean. I knew what you like, meant. But I it's came funny up with an idea people. in the shower. <laughs> They and are pretty good ideas. I actually have to keep my phone. What about the showers? She's not involved in that. Uh, no. I no. keep my phone right next to the shower on the <laughs> towel rack because, like, I will literally, like, in the middle of my shower, I have to grab my phone and, like, write something Selfie. down. No, no, no. But <laughs> okay. I have to, like, literally, like, put a note because I have the, the note so I can actually pull the little pen out and write notes to myself. And I will actually literally have to, like, write things down while I'm taking a shower so that I won't forget them. Because that's when my best I ideas do that happen. Too, though. You got like, what's next? Post-it notes in there? Or? It has a. I have a app that does like post-it notes on my phone. We're gonna have to get you those shower crayons where you can just write on the wall. <laughs> no, because then it'll wash away. No, it stays for a little bit. Yeah. You just like scrub it off. Yeah, Crayola makes them. We'll get I'll, you some. I'll stick with the phone thing until I drop my phone in the shower. Awesome. But uh, <laughs> as I was saying, Moniz, you know, you've been doing this for a while, so you've seen a lot of different technology come into play. You, seen a lot of it come and go, yeah. You've been doing this since before people were making, well, mass market making paranormal equipment. I'm sure that... I, I was doing this before there was any type of 
uh, mass market equipment. Yeah. Right, but people were. I mean, I'm sure people were still trying to build things geared toward investigation. Yeah. But nobody was. It wasn't like there was a proliferation like the of it. and stuff like that. You weren't. You weren't w- walking into a haunted place and somebody's like, "Oh, oh, I know what that is. Oh, here's a K2." Yeah. So you've seen all this stuff kind of come and go over the years, and, and some of it has stuck around. But so, and knowing what you do about spiritualism, because if people don't know, we live in one of the big spiritualism centers, yeah. uh, at least, you know, going back to the Victorian age, it's still active now, but it's not, it's not Lilydale, but it's still pretty active. So knowing all that and bringing it into play, I mean, I think you would probably agree that a lot of the stuff that we use is just the same idea, just with batteries yeah. and lights and bells and whistles. Divination now. is divination, whether it has batteries, boards, or, you know, your body, it's, it's all the same. You're, it, you're just trying to interpret what's coming through it. Steph doesn't need any of the trappings if we're to follow what you know. Nope. They say about psychics and, nope. and, and uh, I'm not really like most, anyways. But but the point being is, for you, having a K2 meter would be f- for what? Pointless. Right. Well, so. it's not, but it's not pointless. Because well, for point, me it is. But, yes, but the point I'm trying to make is there's for some people they need the physical object to help them with their with their focus, belief. With right. their belief and focus on what they're doing. It's it's not even like I'm not saying that the device itself is pointless because I understand what it does and I'm obviously pro using it. However, for someone like me, right. it doesn't affect whether or not I pick up anything, right. communicate with anything. And on top of it, if somebody puts one of those in my hands, I think I told it at my last lecture. I can't tell you how many times I've had a K2 meter in my hand and I've accidentally stuck it in my hoodie pocket. And people are freaking out all around me going, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's going off, the colors. And me spacing out, doing my thing, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I just end up handing it off because it's pointless for me to hold it. I don't pay attention to it. I, I kind of – one of the things that I want to do, and we'll, we'll do this in the future, especially now that he has more time. But we're going we're gonna to have Jay Haas come on the show. And I want to kind of debate with him a little bit about that shift in perception – of going toward the equipment and going toward the gear and what it means. Because I think even he would say, not to put words in his mouth, but I think even he would say that it's it doesn't completely eliminate the personal experience. And a lot of people will tell you, like I've gotten into this, into this debate with a number of investigators, if it's personal experience, throw it out. It, does, it doesn't count for anything. It just happened to you and it's very subjective and it doesn't count for anything. You should like, still note it. A lot of people will say that you don't shouldn't even note it. Then that's not science. It's not not only is it not science, but it's not accurate. It's just oh, it's, subject, it's, it's no more subjective than a person's observance of an animal and its uh, wild behavior out in it. You know, I didn't see it. You saw it. You just made a note of it. Right. So you know, how is that any different? But it still happens, and it blows my mind that people because would even make That's that all. suggestion. Well, but the point is, you should still make note of it, because somebody else may make the same observation. And if you keep putting all of those pieces together, that shows trends, and that is statistical data that is usable. And when you have something happen on a device, isn't that a personal experience? It's personal experience when I work with some of the medical devices I have at work. So, I mean, I, it's telling me that it's seeing the presence of this with this peak in this thing. But, you know, 
I know that it uh, this particular compound absorbs this particular wavelength, and it it will show that in in the instrument. But does I'm I'm just looking at an experience of that. When you have when you when you have that experience. Uh, all right, let me, I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying, trying to, to put this into the same example. Okay, so if you had a piece of medical equipment that was giving you a certain result, and let's just say that certain result also gave you a headache, you would note the fact that you were getting a headache from right. what was happening. Yes. Because it could be a direct result of what's going on with that piece of equipment or, or you know, right. I, I something else going. environmental that's happening. Right. With it, so I don't understand why we would be dismissive of the personal things that happen. So automatically, I think that at its very heart, paranormal research is always going to be subjective. It's impossible to be completely 100% objective in paranormal research because things are going to happen that will affect you. You can't turn yourself off from it while it's happening. Yeah, your, your body, your your person, who you are, your psychology, and all of this, that all plays into effect, whether it's something paranormal or something mundane that you may be looking at. You know, we had a friend a few years ago that had an idea about building a, a robot, something that you could bring, you know, drive, self-drive into a paranormal location, leave it there with all different types of meters and devices, and it can take all kinds of readings. And he said, I want to... Basically, a paranormal Mars rover. I, and I want to eliminate the human element from it. I want to eliminate the human observation from it and the human feeling of it. I'm like, but it, the fact that those readings are going to be perceived by a human at some point is human your involvement. Proximity right. to, your proximity to the device is irrelevant. The data that is generating and your interpretation of it is what's relevant. It doesn't make a difference if you're in a room holding the EMF meter, right. or this robots in there, you're watching it on an, on a closed-circuit television having the meter. It's like the, the distance is irrelevant. It's happening because it's going to be perceived. You know, the, there's the, the old saying that everybody goes back to all the time. If a tree falls and there's mm-hmm. nobody there to hear it, does it make a noise? And in a way, no, because... Doesn't that noise have to be processed by something for it to actually be a noise? No, the noise is generated from the act itself. The molecules still move, whether people are there or not to, to be recipient to that action. But doesn't is, the auditory nature of the noise, doesn't it have to reverberate with your ear for it to actually be a perceived well, sound? So we're cutting out the entire point of having like a camera there and watching <laughs> from afar correct because you guys are getting deep, deep. into this no no However, not... nobody has talked about the fact that you can set up a camera and be halfway across the country and watch this yes. but you're still watching it but that's what i was trying so to get still into. the yeah, active observation okay. yeah right so that counts like i really don't think that paranormal activity just happens. You know, the Schro- we'll call it the Schrodinger effect because that's what it is, is you're observing. Okay, so what if you're not watching live? Does that matter? It's still, still going perceived. to be perceived. Okay. And I think that that's why it happens. Or he- or the Heisenberg principle, you know, as well. It just, it bothers me that, that 
people want to say you have to kind of remove yourself from the situation because you can't. No, it's literally impossible. And not only can you not, like, think about the nature of why it happens. And, you you know, you can say what you want, Stephanie, because you have the ability to actually right. communicate with these people. But from, you know, a, a regular straightforward perspective of not incorporating abilities as part of it, you still have to say, well, why does it happen? Does it? It's happening because it wants to be perceived. There's a reason why whatever's there is continuing to exist. I'm so beyond the idea of residual haunts. Okay. Right. Here, here's some. This is a, which I'm not saying don't happen. I'm just saying like I mean, I'm not even I, I'm not even bringing that into the equation. You're, no, don't because that's just a whole other level. All right. Now, one of the things I remember having an experience with is a place having haunted, quote-unquote, haunted activity while nobody was there. There were physical objects moved within the house. Nobody was there to experience it. But somebody came back and realized they were were moved. moved. But I'm saying that you're going back to the tree falling in the woods thing. What's the point of it moving if it's not to have somebody realize later that it moved? Correct. See, that's a, I just think that people are doing a huge disservice to the activity by not taking into account the rationale behind the activity. It doesn't just happen because. Like, you have to be there to observe it. And getting back well, to my Well, point, what is the purpose of the activity? Like you're saying, like uh, this particular thing I'm talking about was so the, objects that were stacked on top of each other. What do you was think? Was it books? No. Was it in the basement of the New York Public Library? Okay. Listen, what? you smell something? <laughs> All right, sorry, go ahead. I was making a Ghostbusters joke. <laughs> I knew where he What do you assume that spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, do when nobody's watching? Nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they come out of nowhere and manifest when we're there? Yes. Okay. That's your theory? That's what I think. Well, You're sticking to it. It's not that I think that they... It's not that I think that they do nothing. I just think that they do nothing of perception to us. Okay, so I walk into a place. Of I'm course gonna, it wouldn't gonna, because we're not there, right? I'm going to throw a yes. wrench. <laughs> Here's my wrench. I walk into a place. The, um, before you get into this, let me just clarify. I, I don't think that they're just standing there doing nothing, <laughs> waiting for somebody to walk into the room and be like, just all right, like now I'm going to go knock this over. <laughs> I think that they're going about like their life. I, th- I think that whatever crosses from where they are to where we are doesn't have to happen until we're there. Sorry, go ahead. Um. So... I walk into a place, and Moniz has been with me plenty of times. And actually yeah, she's very clumsy. She walks into places. All I know time. it's terrible. So um, I can actually run in heels better than I can sneakers. <laughs> I've seen that. Yes, you have. <laughs> so haunted location. I walk in. I do my thing. I have observed different spirits doing different activities, and completely ignore the fact that I'm there. Um, when I start the conversation with them is when they pay attention to me. So from my perspective, they are there. They are taking part in something. They are doing something, whether it's pertaining to their everyday life before they passed or it's something that they've taken on afterwards. I can't say for sure. However, I do notice it. So they don't bother with me unless I bother with them. And then some of them that do want some type of conversation or help or whatever it might be, they bother with me first. So that completely... But you're also perceiving it. I am, but I'm not asking to. Doesn't matter. 
Now, what I but find no, but that is totally different than what you were talking about before because it's perceiving it in a way that not everybody else can. Well, you're talking about perception. This perception should be working in both directions. If you're right. talking about, yeah, so they're perceiving you right. according to what you're saying. So, so is that what you mean, that they're perceiving us and not us perceiving them? Or were you no, doing no, it the no. other way around? No, no, I think it's just the fact that there is... We're going to need another hour for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, this can really get... <laughs> The fact that there is an observer. Okay. The very nature so it doesn't of matter observation. Who's perceiving who? That doesn't matter. Changes. That's cut out. Without observation, what what's the point? Right. Well, that's the idea. That's what exactly what I'm talking about. Like, how are you going to be able to remove yourself from what's happening? What's the reason to even quantify what's happening if you're not going to observe it? That's the exact point that I'm making. Which, anyway, gets me all the way back to the beginning point of how what spiritualists were doing is not that different from what we are doing. Like, No, it's not. Being that observer of what was happening, and granted, I know that understanding some of it was hoaxing, <laughs> some of it was not. Some of it was legitimate. I think we have, to take, we have to accept that. If we can accept that paranormal activity, we have a minute. But if we can accept that paranormal activity happens now, and that we can quantify it and qualify it to some degree with the way that we do it now, then we have to be willing to accept that some people were doing the same thing with whatever methods they were using 150 years ago. And before. We can't say that ghosts didn't start showing up until we went out and bought battery-operated devices. So, Well, look at our written history and oral history. Our oral and written history are starting with nothing but ghost stories. Well... That gets into a whole other thing yeah. of our ego and our yeah. our ability to not be willing to exist just in the time that we exist and, and all that kind of stuff. This is getting what was, crazy. What was I just watching with it? We're getting into all that stuff. I don't know. I can't even think of it. But we only have like a minute left. So we will put a pause button on this discussion. <laughs> we will pick it up at a later date. What we really need is we need like to bring in philosophers and... Things like that, because that's 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 going to make it ten times worse. No, that's what's missing from a lot of the paranormal debate. Monies and I are going to end up standing on our chairs and shouting into our microphones. That's <laughs> like fine. This is a political debate. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even, even didn't even get into Donald Trump's views on ghosts. Listen, which oh, please? Hey, I heard there's a book. There's a great book. <laughs> Donald Trump Ghost Hunter. Oh Buy it God. on Amazon. All right, so that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week with another show. Uh, and you can always get in the debate with us as well on Twitter at SpookySC and SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to keep keep the debate going, you can comment on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, I would love to read some comments underneath this video of what you think about what we were talking about tonight. And uh, I really do think we can certainly explore this topic somewhere down the line. We've been talking about it for years, and we still haven't gotten any close to answers, so I'm sure we'll be talking about it for another 11 and a half years as well. But we are out of time for this week. Just go to SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to get tickets to either one of those events. Uh, come and hang out with us and Porter and everybody at the Ocean State Paracon on July 15th. It all goes to a great cause. Until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for Ashley, for everybody that joined in the show, we want you all to stay spooktacular.